Hi, this is Lisa Hazard with We're All Psychic. As you know, we've done some astrology podcasts, but we've never had an introduction to astrology. So I am going to attempt to do that <laughs> today with the help of a book Misty gave me and some information and knowledge I've gathered over a long period of time. I've never really, uh, I don't know if anyone can be a master of astrology, but I've never really gotten very far with my studies with it until recently. I've been learning a lot more. So this podcast, if you don't know about astrology or you're just starting out and you want to understand a little bit about how it works, that's what this is about. Astrology is a divination tool, which is predictive future, and it's also about exploring who you are and the, the things that, the charts and the, where the stars are on the moment, in the moment you were born. And the stars, I mean uh, the planets, <laughs> they call it the stars for astrology, but we're really just looking at the planets and where they are in the sky when you're born. And for predictive, uh, you can look at a birth chart, but you can also look at how the current astrology is of any point in time in the day and see influences. So yes, astrology is about looking to the sky and using a lot of uh, ancient techniques really to delve into who you are, where you're going, what you might do, what you're most likely about, and possibly even your destiny. So in astrology, we have zodiac signs and there are 12 of them uh people uh, they are usually covering a period of time about mm, 20 30 days i think yeah 30 days so it's not like right on march 1st to march 31st or anything like for example we'll start with the first sign of the zodiac according to astrology and that is aries and the dates uh that are most commonly associated with being born in the sun sign Aries are March 21st through April 19th. Aries are usually known for uh, being really good at powerful interactions and going after what they want and they're, they're just on fire and their element is fire. Um, next we have Taurus and uh, oh going back to Aries, the uh, symbol for Aries is the ram. <laughs> Forgot about that one. Taurus. The Taurus is the bull. I am a Taurus sun sign. The dates for Taurus are April 20th through May 20th. And the element associated with Taurus is Earth. So next we have Gemini. And Gemini is known as the twins. It is an air sign. And the dates for Gemini are May 21st through June 21st. And then we have Cancer. This is the fourth sign of the zodiac. Its symbol or its association is is the crab. Uh, you know, it's about emotions. We'll get into maybe what they're about in another podcast. But the dates there are June twenty second through July twenty second, and Cancer's element is water. So there are four elements for every uh, zodiac sign, and I mean there are four elements for the zodiac signs, and each zodiac sign is assigned an element, and those are the first four of the zodiac so the next four of the zodiac are also fire earth air and water but let's start with the fire leo leo is the lion and the dates for leo are july 23rd through august 22nd and leo is fire virgo is the symbol of the virgin and it is associated with air 
I'm sorry, huh? With <laughs> Earth, it's a nice little grounded. You know, Earth is a lot of grounded energy. So I'm sorry, I got that one wrong for a minute. Um, but the dates associated with the Virgo being born between August 23rd through September 22nd. Next, we have Libra, and it's a favorite of mine. Libra's symbol is the scales, and Libra is about balance. So the dates for Libra are September 23rd through October 23rd, and it is associated with the element of air. Next, we have Scorpio, which is associated with water, and the sign for Scorpio is a scorpion. <laughs> and the dates for Scorpio are October 24th through November 22nd. Now, these dates are not definitely, like I, I said in the beginning, some people have differences of opinions on when these dates start and be end for each zodiac sign. I just want to, you know, just have a little interlude reminder there. <laughs> so, and after the Scorpio, we have Sagittarius, and Sagittarius is fire. And uh, <sighs> that's going into the last four. So, Sagittarius is fire. The symbol is the archer. The dates are... For being born as a Sagittarius are November 23rd through December 22nd. And then after Sagittarius, we have Capricorn, which is the 10th sign of the Zodiac. Uh, Capricorn is um, kind of like a goat fish. Goat. So usually they say the goat, but the goat has a little fish tail. It's a pretty cool thing. And um, it's associated with Earth. And the dates are December 23rd through January 20th. And then for our 11th sign, we have Aquarius. It's an air sign. And uh, the symbol for Aquarius is uh, the water bearer. So you'll see a dude pouring water usually when it comes to Aquarius. And the element is, of course, air. So like I said, I think I did. Uh, you know, it's hard when you're talking and recording and you just can't remember what you said. It's a little different than writing. But the dates for Aquarius are January 21st through February 19th. And the last sign of the zodiac is Pisces, and that is the fishes, the fish, the two fish. And uh, Pisces is water. That's the element. And the dates are February 20th through March 20th. And those are the signs of the zodiac used in astrology. When you read your horoscope or hear of, uh, you know, you get a horoscope sometimes on an app or whatever, they're referring to your sun sign. And... Your sun sign is where, when you were born, according to the zodiac. And that is in reference to the dates I used in uh, for each of the signs of the zodiac just before this part. <laughs> so, um, what do they do? What's that for? What's up with the sun sign? Well, a sun sign is supposed to be, and this is getting into the planets, which is where I'd like to head to next. I'm going to go through the planets. The sun sign is like the big ego. It's, it's, it's who you are. It's, it's like what, like your big, your big thing that you could be. But everything else in your astrology birth chart that will include your, you know, your sun sign and all of the planets and where the signs, the zodiac signs land. Uh, oh, gosh, there's angles and aspects and all kinds of stuff. So I'm going to get there. But first, I wanted to explain that the sun sign doesn't tell everything. So when you're reading a zodiac for your sun sign and it just doesn't quite match up, or let's say you've read about your sign. You know, I'm a Taurus. I, I don't relate to a lot of Taurus stuff. But if you look at the rest of my chart, which I have, it makes a lot of sense. The, the certain qualities of Taurus that do come out um, 
and the ones that are not present, it equates when I look at stuff like the next thing on the list, the moon. The moon is a planet that's about the inner self, the intuition, the, the soul information, I guess you could say, or what motivates you. And a moon sign can, I mean, uh, a, a, a zodiac sign in the moon will often indicate where you are with your, where you're in touch with yourself, what you're really feeling when you communicate with people, things people don't really pick up on about you maybe until they know you really well. So that's how a moon, that's how moon acts. That's how moon responds in the astrology chart. That's what it represents. And in following with how astrology reads, we're going to continue down the line of planets as they appear in a drawing of the solar system. So next we have Mercury. And Mercury is mainly about your communications. So um, if, like, I have Taurus and Mercury, so the qualities of Taurus might, um, you know, come out in my communications, the way I express myself to people. So then after Mercury... We have, oh, we have Venus, the planet of love. It's also about, like, what you care about, what you uh, find luxury in, what you find uh, romance in, what you find all the passions. That's what the Venus is about. Venus is like, oh, it brings, it brings all kinds of good things into your life if you want them there. And Venus is, uh, oh, one other thing I forgot to mention. Most zodiac, I mean, all the zodiac signs are associated with the planet. And we had talked about Taurus, speaking of Taurus, and Taurus Venus is a planet that Taurus uh, is associated with very much. And I say it's, 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 it's the planet of Taurus. And it's, I think it is assigned the planet of Libra, too. So leaving Venus for the next planet in line, we have Mars. Now, Mars is interesting to me. Mars, uh, a lot of people associate with anger and aggression. It's also the way you fight. It's also the way you stand up for yourself. It's the way you motivate others and the way you motivate yourself. So you can look at what planet you have in Mars on your natal chart and maybe find some insight into how you communicate and ways you can communicate. I mean, uh, not necessarily communicate, but uh, communicate your angers, communicate your aggression. It, it can tell you... Like, it, like, my Mars is in Pisces, so it's it's a, like a mellow kind of, like, I don't have much rage. <laughs> and when I do, who knows, man, you know, Pisces, uh, they, they bring out, uh, you know, uh, they, they, they can bring something to the table. It's usually peaceful, though. Um, and then after Mars, we have Jupiter. Jupiter is like uh, the big, you know, we all know it's a big planet. And <laughs> it's, it has a lot to do with, like, adventure. It has to do with, like... What you gonna do with your life? What's all about? What are you excited about? What what's the big you know, what are you gonna do? What what does Jupiter have in store for you? And you can look at the sign you have in Jupiter and see what plans you might have for your career or for your for your life in general when you look at your Jupiter and the astrology or the uh, zodiac sign in it. And then after Jupiter we have oh Saturn. A lot of astrologers love to talk about Saturn. Saturn's um, known for karmic cycles and 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 some people think of it as or i've heard it called stuff like uh, the the hammer <laughs> you know it can it can straighten you up like if if you're on a bad path 
and you're going down the wrong road, you may have something come up that you just don't want to deal with. And it's something could be Saturn's influence coming in and saying, hey, 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 you, you, you got to do things right. This is how you do it. And first, you got to make this right. So Saturn can teach some big lessons. So you want to look at the zodiac sign in your Saturn chart. I mean, in your astrology birth chart. And it will tell you some information about what's hard for you, what you're working on in this life, what you're trying to fix, what you're trying to improve. After Saturn, we have Uranus or Uranus. I'm actually working on that. And I've been calling it Uranus. I'm pretty proud of myself there. Um, but Uranus is, uh, it was discovered in 1848. So it's a newer discovery comparatively. And it does all kinds of interesting things. And if you are following astrology, uh, Uranus, Uranus <laughs> is in Taurus right now, and it's doing a bunch of crazy things. So if you're interested in that, you know, read about Uranus and Taurus and, you know, now or today or in the last whatever, you know, give it a little time frame and they'll tell you about it. There's a lot going on about that with the astrologers. They're very excited. Um, it'll bring out creative solutions, originality, and you, you can you know, affect even your psychic side, um, friendships, relationships. It, 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 it works on like all kinds of things to kind of restructure them, I guess you could say. So then you can look at what sign is in your Uranus and see how it affects you. And now these are more generational planets at the, at the end, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, because, um, they move slowly and, Therefore, in certain generations, let's say a period of eight to ten years, sometimes certain like Uranus, Neptune, Pluto will be in everybody's chart in a certain place because it's a they move so slow. <laughs> and then we have Neptune as our next planet. Neptune's interesting. Now, when I first started reading about Neptune, I had read it was associated with technology in some ways, but it's more from what most people think of it, it's more about dreams, imagination, creativity, um, like travel sometimes, um, the spiritual side, mysticism. Neptune's really cool. It's got a lot of stuff. It'll, it'll teach you where your illusions lie and where you're deluding yourself. If, and you should, you can look at your birth chart and see where Neptune is in what sign and learn more about how you can figure out a problem in your life that might be associated with misunderstandings and stuff like that. And lastly, we have Pluto. Um, well, it's not lastly. We have our ascendant still. I'll talk about that in a sec. But Pluto is, well, I don't know, man. My tarot cards say it's a planet. It's not a planet. It's an alien space base. <laughs> My son and I were doing a reading and we asked about the aliens now that they have been exposed. So <laughs> that's what that's a little tidbit of something you can just think about and chew on. But but Pluto is like transformation. Um Pluto. It's also about a lot of mystic stuff and psychic side. Your your deep self, your, your, your the reason you're here, the reason all the people in your generation are here. A big theme that everybody in your generation is dealing with. Now, lastly, it's um, not a planet, but I do want to include it in the planets. It's called the Ascendant. The Ascendant shows, um, you'll see it in a chart called AC, Ascendant. It's not listed with the planet. It's usually in a chart you might do online. 
And if you do do a chart online, I, I recommend astro.com website because they, they, they do it right. I mean, they, they give you a good chart and they give you drawing, they give you all that stuff and it's free. Um, so Pluto will speak to the people of you in your generation and you in a ways that you are suppressed and things that need to be changed and things that need to be opened up in your generation. It's like kind of like a duty your generation has to do or our generation has to do when we have a Pluto in some such sign. So after this, um, there's a few other uh, things, little planet things and stuff like that we could talk about. Um, there's Chiron or Chiron. Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I think most astrolo astrologers call it Chiron. And that one is about pain. That that's, that symbol or that placement in your chart is about where you your, 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 carry your pain, things you need to work through and break free of. And then there is the true node. True node is what I've heard referred to as true north. So some people think that the true node is like where you're headed. And it's also called the north node. And the south node is the opposite sign of that. It's six degrees, six zodiac signs away. It talks about the past and where you're heading. So someone once said to me, Chiron tells you like who you really are in some ways. It's kind of the key. And in the symbology of astrology, it actually is a key in a birth chart. So, okay, my listeners, now we will talk about the houses of astrology. And what are those? Well, they start in counterclockwise um, in a birth chart, starting on the far left of a circular chart. Oh, I can't remember what these are called. But that, it starts with where your ascendant lies. And the first house is about the self. It's about first impressions you make on people. It's about how maybe you look. It can be also about like your basic attitude about stuff. It can show career tendencies as well. So you can look at the house and if there's a planet in it and read about that and what that can mean for you. So the second house, um, there are 12 houses, by the way, just like there are 12 zodiac signs, but they don't align necessarily with the zodiac signs in a birth chart. So they're all kind of, they, they are scattered among, they, they don't like, you know, first house is always Aries, second house is always, it's not like that. Like sometimes you can have, you know, Aries and Taurus in the first house. And you can also, it can be, um, or they will both be encompassed by the first house, something like that. And then you can have a few planets in there. So the second house is um, about like money and resources and your, what, what you value, your work in a way and how you work. Um, it can do with your, your, your own image, your personal way you look at yourself your security, your self-esteem, like what, what you think about how other people see you and some other security, not just money and financial, but security with your feelings and the way and, and feeling a sense of freedom. And next we have the third house. And this is about, it's kind of about, it, it does have something to do with communication and, and, and close relationships and, some people say family, like as far as your siblings, and it also can show where, like the local place you live in, something about the atmosphere there, the environment, and um, it can align with like how you talk, 
the way you actually articulate and the patterns, the ways you think about things. It also works with how you uh, learn education and your physical abilities as far as uh, your reflexes, stuff like that. Um, the fourth house is your your home, your family, your uh, your emotional side with relationships, stuff like that. And um, some say it rules mother figures, and some say it represents how it was growing up for you in this fourth house. And it can be about property. It can be about, you know, even karmic family things, if you want to look at that. And family heritage as well. The fifth house is more about how you express yourself. And it's, five is a number of change. And you know I'm going to do a numerology one of these guys. So five is about, you know, how, how, you, how you goof off, how you express yourself, how, you, how are you creative? How do you change something with your creativity and your artistry? And some, some say this shows music really well. If, if, if you have good placements, they call it. In the fifth house, it can really, you know, show a very big, uh, maybe even hidden to you if you don't know it, but a big talent that you can do. You can write a book, anything like that. Things you enjoy, though, hobbies and fun and things that make you laugh. You know, this, this five, the fifth house is a lot of fun. And it's also about, you know, fancy life a little bit. Take off from real life and, you know, figure out what you can do. It's a good number. It's a good house to me. And the sixth house is about work and duty and health. So you can do a lot with that if you look at planets. I, you know, I don't want to talk about health and metaphysics. It's not one of my favorite topics. It's interesting. Maybe we'll get someone in here with that, you know, who'd like to be interviewed. Um, but the sixth house, really, you know, you want to look at your health, your fitness, like any kind of like social work, stuff like that, that you might want to help other people with. So then we'll go on to the seventh house. So the seventh house is about relationships, not necessarily how the fourth house, fourth house is about family, but the seventh is about relationships and sharing. And it's, uh, you know, when I think of the number seven, I usually think of, um, spirituality but in, in astrology it seems more can also be about like justice you know the legal system um and it can talk about like basically what the balance is in a way like what what do you believe in to make your relationships work what do you believe in and where is your balance if you are in a legal situation and eight in the houses uh, eight is about, the eighth house is about, um, well, it's kind of a few things. It's kind of weird because it talks about intimacy and sex, but it also talks about sharing money and stuff like that. So the eighth house is sometimes your personal attitude toward money or sex or intimacy. And it can also be a karmic house. Eight is a number of duty and karma in some ways, especially in numerology. And also, this brings into some matters of your heart that have to do with your magic or your juju or your psychic side. Um, it can also show things that 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 are you feel like, or you know, a person who's reading their natal chart. It can show things that you feel like you you have problems with. It's always up against you. You might even be resentful about something in your life, and it would show in the eighth house. 
So the ninth house is uh, about travel sometimes, and it's, you know, not like local, like going to the store, but big travel. And it's about learning about different cultures, studying, learning, and it's got a lot to do with morals and ethics and what you believe in as far as what what you live by, your ideals. Um, it also, uh, the book Misty gave me says, traditionally, this house also rules gambling and luck. So, and it says it's associated with animals, too, especially large ones. So that's kind of interesting. Um, gambling and luck in the ninth house. Hmm, I'll have to do some thinking about that. So the tenth house is uh, a lot about fame, goals, success, achievement, and public image, stuff like that. And it can in, in, include career, but it's just your ambitions, like where you're going. Like, what what, what are you going to do? Like, if I, I have the sun in my 10th house, and I've tried to figure out what that means. And from what I can tell, it's saying that I have an ambition to shine uh, my truth. So you can see it that way. And it can also be connected to, in the book, it says business or government. Um, but I feel like this is more of a where you fit in the world number and where you want to fit in the world house. The 11th house going on is about your friends, your social circle, society in general, your, 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 your culture. And it talks about detached relationships, says this book that Misty gave me. So I feel like it's about also group activities and um, things... It's kind of like heritage in a way about your land, where you live, what it's about, and um, the people in your area, the people where you live, and and it kind of to, to me it touches on ethics in a way. So then the twelfth house is the last house, and it's about spirituality, your spiritual side, and how you heal. Um, it can show where you're sacrificing for other people or where you need help. It can also, it, as this book says, it rules places of seclusion such as prisons and hospitals. And in, in people who work from home might have like activity in their 12th house. But it's mainly the mysticism, the secrets, the, the mysteries. And it, it can look at the feelings of insecurity surrounding who you are. And possibly because of the mysteries, you might not be exploring them, and it can show that. And, and also, Pluto can show a lot of creativity and how your psychic ability comes out in your artistry. So it, there's a one other thing about Pluto, though. It can show some way that you may be self-destructive. So, yeah, that kind of all makes sense with 12. And 12 in numerology would add up to 3, and it's a number of inspiring change. So those are the houses of astrology. In astrology, we also have aspects. So what aspects are in a birth natal chart or in any kind of astrology chart? They are showing how far apart planets are in degrees of a circle. So I'm just going to go through a short list of just the main ones that you'll see in your astrology chart, probably, if you go look it up. So we have a conjunction, and that's a zero degrees uh, between the planets. And it's about an emphasis on, it's like, a, it's, it's like an emphasis between those two planets and how they work together. And 
it's like talks about beginnings and stuff. You know, it's it's a conjunction. I find it positive and it, it strengthens both. And it can also it, if if you don't focus on the positive of it, it can it can make you feel pretty bad. But it's really it's supposed to be something that's going to bring a lot of hope into your life and bring those planets out in a good way to help each other. Then we have a semi-square, and that's a 45-degree difference angle in the planets. So here, with that, we have two signs side-by-side side at 30 degrees apart. So this can be beneficial. And if the signs have a similarity to each other, people can... They can find benefit in this, especially if there's there's things in common with the planets. Um, then there's an opposition, and that is a 180 degree difference between the planets, or space between the planets in your natal chart. Um, an opposition usually is is somewhere where you're going to learn. It's it, it involves others usually, and I find the opposition is a learning experience, um, and it's where these two planets where they're at 180 degrees, they're kind of like, well, we're going to duke this out and we'll work together in the end and it'll be okay. So then there's a square. A square is a square, 90 degrees uh, between planets. And you can say it's, well, it's a square, it's a block. And it's the same in palmistry with a square and stuff like that. A square it can be healing too. So when you have a square, you will probably need to do some healing in that area of your chart of what the symbol symbol symbology is so then we have a trine and it's like a triangle a trine 120 degrees this is a good thing everybody loves a trine what's wrong with a triangle right they're beneficial in every way and uh, their influence can be creative their influence can be like just love you know love and it's um form where then there's nothing in return no expectations and that's with lovers and friends and family and everything so here's a word for another one that i'm not sure if i can pronounce i should have looked it up sesqui quadri it's 135 degrees apart and it's talking about when you see that one it's talking about um, like a need to focus your creative energies, where you're involved in something, get involved with something. It shows a talent. Um, sextile is a very, very good one. <laughs> it's 60 degrees apart planets. Sextile can like, let's see if there's a good description in this book here. It says it works in a logical or intellectual rather than an emotional or romantic way, but I found the sextile just to be kind of lucky. And um, it gives you some gives you some advantage when you see a sextile in your chart. Um, and I think you know that's a good place to stop for the. There's so many of them, and I'm looking through the book to see if there's any I haven't covered. Now uh, there are, but um, I think for now I will stop with that. So you can look at those in your chart, and if you do get a chart, um, do get your chart drawn. There's a little key. I call it a key. But it's uh, that you'll have your chart, a big round thing with the lines and everything and all your symbols. And, uh, and then you'll see the degrees and everything. And the, and the little key, what I call it, is like a little chart. 
and it shows, uh, it's kind of like one of those bar charts where you have the planets on one side and the other side, and where they meet shows where the aspect is. So you can look through that and then compare and contrast in Google. Like, what does this mean? What does that mean? And use your intuition. What do these things mean for you? And what, what have you done in your life? What are you doing in your life that this relates to? So, so there's basically some astrology information for you to get started with. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and I hope it wasn't confusing for anyone who's really new to astrology. Um, it's a lot of fun, guys. And, you know, if you get your chart read by a professional, always, you know, take what you can use. And uh, the rest, remember, whoever's reading for you, they're people too. And they have opinions about, you know, what different things mean. And, and maybe see negative things as positive and positive things as negative. But it's really up to you to decide when you have your chart read or to read it yourself. Um, thank you so much for listening. I really hope this podcast helps some of you understand a little bit more about how astrology works, or at least the fundamentals about what it is. It's where you can look at your own chart and maybe start discovering some things about yourself. And, you know, self-exploration, what's more fun than that? Thank you so much for listening, as always. And I'd like to thank my sponsor, Everclear. Everclear is an advice app where you get your advice from empaths and psychics, and they help you find the guidance you need to create the life you deserve. Have a great, great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.